Hey y'all, hey! Welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan. If you are stopping by for the first time, welcome, welcome, and welcome again! (laughs) Make yourself at home, and welcome to our toxic family. If you are family tuning back in, welcome back, Sal's. I miss y'all's entire faces, like for real. I'm so excited. Um, It's such a blessing to be able to even do this. I know that y'all are like, yeah, anybody can do this, but like for real, it's a blessing to be able to come on here and talk to y'all each week. I was on um, Instagram and I saw that it was this couple that were sentenced to 10 years for dancing. So I was like, that can't be true. Somebody just posted something, you know, like clickbait or something. So I look it up and it was true. Um, After looking it up, because I honestly could not believe it, I found out that the 20-year-old couple who were engaged, by the way, they wasn't just out here just, you know, bumping uglies. They were engaged. They were dancing and twirling through one of Iran's most prominent squares. So after that video went viral, the couple's home gets raided and they were taken before a judge. Um, And the judge was, he's called the judge of death, like for real. He like sentences people to like these lengthy sentences and he's even sentenced activists to death. So mm, I'm just like, okay, so you just throwing around your power, huh? Yeah, okay. So um, they were charged with spreading corruption via vice and both were charged with 10.5 years for dancing y'all so when I say I'm blessed to be able to do this and ain't nobody coming to charge through my house I'm very very blessed thank you for listening um but next Monday y'all next Monday next Monday will be our such a lady valentine's and we will be giving away prizes all day listen here's how you can win you gotta pay attention you got like I tell Milo, put your listeners on. <laughs> okay, so here's what you got to do to win. Write it down, write it down, write it down. You have to listen to this episode and the episode on 213. Because if you don't listen to this episode, you don't even know that there's a, something's going on for Valentine's. Like, right? Right. All right, so then on Monday, 213, after the episode is over, go to Such a Lady 30 on Instagram or Such a Lady on Facebook and comment toxic on the post for 213. That's it. That's all. All you got to do is listen and then go comment toxic. If you already listening and you already go to, you know, I'm saying what, how can it hurt you? I'm saying if I'm, how can Never mind. Just forget it. Okay. So anyway, your name will be put in a drawing and then I'll pull names. And then that, again, that starts next Monday. Uh, for That's our Valentine's. I'm so excited. I, I really, really, really am. And then the grand prize winner, the last winner, the last name that will be pulled will win a $50 gift card. So you can spend it however you see fit. So if you are spending Valentine's Day with the girls at home, with your boo, with your side piece, we don't judge. We don't judge. We don't judge. We don't judge. We just celebrate. Okay. So we celebrate you. So if that's, listen, it ain't a lot. If you, 
free money, free gifts. Listen, so um, I just want to celebrate Valentine's Day with y'all. I really do. Um, y'all mean a lot to me and I consider y'all family. So you hang out with family on the holidays, right? Got you. All right. Um, this week, such a lady is Rosetta Antoine. She is uh, one of the strongest women that I know. And this weekend we had a scare. I'm sure um, if you're a Sal, then you know that she's had uh, a couple of strokes and then she's dealing with her, my, my dad passing away and they were together for like five ever. So that was crazy. So this weekend we thought that um, she had another stroke. Um, and we did the, the, when she woke up from her nap and I saw that her face was drooped over and I asked her, hey, mama, you know, do the smile for me, you know, do the smile, you know, raise your hands and stuff like that. And she just wouldn't do it. And I, of course, I immediately panicked and my daughter called 911. And so they're like, have her do the the stuff or else they can't send somebody out. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, so then they sent out the fire department. And listen, I know that I'm supposed to be focused on my mama. And I was, I'm not gonna lie. But baby, that fire department, all of them brothers was fine. All of them. They, and all built grace. Listen, thank you, Lord, for being, for those, listen, because in the time of trouble, I was distracted and it was a good distraction. <laughs> they were really, really polite and they were very, very nice. It wasn't like they, um, although they came in and it could have been intimidating, they were very, very calm and patient with mama and it was crazy. Well, anyway, she didn't end up having a stroke, but they did say that she has transitioned from early stage dementia to middle stage dementia. So I'm just asking that you all keep her in your prayers during this next season, because I know that she's scared. I'm scared for her. So, um, but you know, we got each other, right? And so, um, we'll get through this. And so just stay prayed up. But all right, so let's get to um, this week's toxic love story. And it's about a daughter in hell who lost her mind. (laughs) And what's crazy is that all in-law relationships aren't great. I mean, you get married, you dream of getting married, you know what I mean? And you you assume that you're going to just have this wonderful in-law family. But sometimes that's not the case. I kid you not. I remember the first time uh, I got married, I told everyone, don't wear white. Don't play with me. Play with your mama, but don't play with me. And I, it, it was to the point that my bride, the bridal party had on black. Everybody had on black. Like on the invitations, it was said, do not wear white. So here comes my soon-to-be mother-in-law, late, in all white. Let me stop lying. She didn't have on all white. She had on all white and it had flowers. Little flowers on the dress. Light flowers that stood out. Yeah. It sucks because I really did want to have a relationship with her. But, you know, unfortunately things happen. Um, and I'm a firm believer that they happen the way that they're supposed to. And I guess it was for the best. And I pray that if I ever get married again, I have a mother-in-law like Diana and Adele had. Um, I kid you not, I pray that I do. Diana was married to Peggy Nadell's only son, James. And the couple had two children together. Now, 
Diana had two previous children, but they weren't with James. They were before they got together. So she had a total of four. Um, James was a neuropsychologist. And by all accounts, they were able to live a comfortable life off of James' income. But the lifestyle that James and Diana had become accustomed to did not match their bank account. Sound familiar? I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm not even talking about y'all. I'm just saying, you know, you might know somebody, didn't know somebody, didn't know somebody. Y'all know I ain't talking about y'all. But I know people who, you know, want people who don't pay their bills, who don't care about them, who can't give them a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. They go out of their way to make people think that they got it together for them or look good for them to the point of being broke. Or to the point of, like, James and uh, Diana were, they were out here fronting, you know. And they were pretending like they had something, and they didn't. So, in comes James' mother, Peggy, who would send this couple money on a regular basis. This grown couple. I just need to express grown. Grown, okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. Peggy was a well Peggy was well known for being a wealthy Democratic activist and having an estimated net worth of more than $4 million. So Peggy wasn't struggling. She wasn't. She was not. I'm just saying. And I'm sure it wasn't hurting her by sending her some money. But like any mother, why am I sending you a big tail money? I don't understand why am I sending you a grown tail money on a regular. I can understand if you found yourself in a situation, but just because I have it doesn't mean that you have it. That's just, and I think sometimes with parents that can um, be the case. And it's not even with money. Like um, growing up, my mom did not like, she was very clean. But she would clean everything. She was one of those people that was like, I'll do it. Because if you do it your way, I'm going to have to go behind you. So I'll do it myself. Which was great. But in the long run, it ended up hindering me. Because when I moved out, guess what? I didn't like to clean up. Because I didn't have to clean up. So it was a chore for me. And it was a huge chore. So like I had to get into the habit of cleaning up. Like I had to... It was a chore for me. Like, unlike other people who it comes natural to them, it wasn't to me because I didn't have to. So when I moved out, I was like, who's going to clean this mess up? And my mama wasn't there. So it can definitely hurt your children when you do too much for them. So while Peggy is sending her children money, I know that she's not doing it to hurt them. She's doing it to help them. But you know, sometimes people, you let them slide and they start to skate. And I think that was the case in this story. Now, Peggy did have another daughter. I mean, she had another child and she was a daughter. Her name was Suzanne. Now, Suzanne did not like James' daughter. I mean, James' wife, Diana. She didn't. Um, She kind of felt like I did. Like, why is my mama having to send these grown folks money? to keep up appearances. Uh, And I'm sure that she expressed that to her mom several times because everything I read, Peggy and her daughter were super close. 
kind of like her and my mom were before my mother had her stroke. They were always together. They went shopping, out to eat. Suzanne would just come over just to be coming over. You know, stuff you do with your mom. That's that's what they did. They had a great relationship, which is why when um, Peggy couldn't, you know, I'm sorry, when um, Suzanne couldn't get a hold of her mother, she got worried, just like any daughter would be and just like any mother would be. I remember my mother used to, like, if I didn't answer the phone, she would send people to my house, like legit, or she would keep calling and calling and calling. I'd answer the phone. Hello. What are you doing? I'm asleep, mama. Bye. No, no, we finna talk. <laughs> call you right back. Mama, what's up? I've been trying to call you. I, okay, what's up? I was worried about you, but since you sleep by. <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, listen, y'all know what I'm talking about. So, in this case, that was the same way with Susie Q. She was worried about her mama. So, she decides, okay, I'm not getting a hold of my mama. So, she calls James and his wife. Hey, have y'all talked to mama? And Diana's like, no, I ain't talked to her since, you know, way back yonder. So, you know, Susie Q gets in the car. She goes over to her mom's house. She's like, hey, what's up? And she sees her mom's car in the garage and she gets worried. So she goes in the house. And when she goes in the house, she sees her mom at the bottom of the stairs and a knife is in her chest. And so Susie Q immediately worries. And she says, I thought that my mom had, you know, maybe tripped over the cat, it slipped and fell on a knife. So I, that's what I thought. And so then I saw the blood next to her head. So then I was like, oh man. And then she hit her head. And so Susie Q says she pulls the knife out of her mother's chest because she's going to do CPR on her. And I and I, I understand because you don't immediately think that somebody didn't kill your mama. I mean, you don't immediately. I don't know. I ain't never been in that situation, but you don't immediately go to somebody didn't kill my mama, especially when you don't think that your mama got no enemies out here. So she calls nine one one and she tells the police. And Susie Q was just letting them know in advance. Look, I took the knife out. My fingerprints is going to be all over the house because I'm here like three times a week. Um, my hands are going to be on the on the weapon. So she's letting them know up front, you know, what's going on. Because she's probably like us. She probably watch a lot of crime shows. Listen, I know what y'all going to try to do, but let me tell y'all up front. Let me give y'all this information. And a lot of times that can hurt you. Because in this case, it ended up hurting Susie Q because the police started looking at her. They were like, why is she giving so much information? Why is she telling us in advance that her hands are going to be on this knife? And when the police get there, they know that it's not an accident. They know that she didn't accidentally trip. They know that it's been some foul play. And they start looking at Susie. They find out that she was in charge of her father's estate, Peggy's husband, who had died 10 years prior. Um, she was the only one in charge of the estate. Her brother wasn't. Um, and so the police were looking at her like, okay, well, maybe she has something to do with it. That in addition to the fact that she pulled the knife out and she was given all this information. So they're dead set on, on, on Susie Q. Like they, she's the person. 
And she's pissed off because she's like, hey, no, listen, I'm grieving. I'm just trying to help y'all out. You know what I mean? And now I'm the number one suspect. Like, they went after her real bad. Um, But the police are trained to find a killer. They're not trained to make friends. So if the daughter was the killer, then it was their job to find out. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, some toes get stepped on in the process. But I'm sure if you're like me and your loved one got killed, that's fine. Look at me how you want to, as long as you looking at other people too. As long as you solving the case, don't just zone in on me. But um, Susie Q was adamant that they wasn't looking at nobody else and that she didn't kill her mother. She had an idea of who did, and so did Darcy. Darcy was a neighbor of Peggy and a family friend who contacted the police stating that Diane was acting real funny. She started calling Darcy every day, asking questions, probing, you know, on the calls, trying to get information, like, you know, where are they at? Just acting real funny, real nervous. Like, Darcy said, like, she has something to do do with it, or maybe the police might be looking at her, but Darcy was like, that couldn't be the case because she wouldn't have anything to do with that, and she didn't even stay in Washington, D.C. Dirty D stayed in Florida. So, you know, Darcy was like, no, that couldn't be the case. But then again, Dirty D kept calling. And on one particular call, she's like, hey, listen, I'm just going to take my kids and we're going back to Jamaica. And so Darcy's like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. Like, why would you be leaving? Especially when your mother-in-law just got killed and they're looking into finding out what's going on. Um, don't you need to be there for your husband? Don't you, your kids need to be there for their other, other family members? You know what I mean? Um, Darcy had questions, so she called the police. You know what I mean? And now let Susie tell it. They couldn't look at Diana because they were too busy looking at her. But after Darcy called and then more tips came in, the police started to look at Dirty D. And Dirty was she. Now, although Peggy helped them out tremendously, I I suppose it just wasn't enough. And Dirty D wanted the money now, and she wanted the money fast. What's so crazy, though, is that had Peggy passed on her own, the money would not have even been left to Dirty D. The money would have been left to her husband, James. But I suppose Diana was like, listen... Was mine is yours and was yours is mine, baby. So then a plan came into place. Dirty D had to find out a way to kill Peggy and get away with it so that they could get paid. Because remember, Peggy not only is sending them money, but she's she has an estimated net worth of over $4 million. And then not to speak about, you know, any other money or life insurance policies or stuff like that, that, you know, they might've taken out. She wanted the money. And so, um, (laughs) it's, it's just so crazy because I'm just like, dude, y'all never mind. Okay. So I don't think that she could have planned that the police would have zoned in on her sister-in-law. I don't think that she could have planned that better. 
maybe if she had kept her mouth shut because the police were looking at Susie Q. They were zoned in on her. But because Diana couldn't shut up and talked herself into... Y'all remember? We talked about it the last time. Talk yourself into trouble. You didn't dug a grave for somebody else and you didn't got yourself in trouble by talking too much. And that's what happened with Diana. Stop talking so much. Okay, so she decides that she's going to try to get somebody to kill her mother-in-law. And she's she's trying to get anybody who will listen to hear her out. But when she couldn't get anybody who would listen, she decides that, you know what? You want something done? You do it yourself. She decides that she's going to go down there and she's going to kill her mother-in-law. But she ends up finding someone, Andrea Benson. And she tells Andrea, listen, I'll pay you $10,000. Not now, but later. Y'all, why do these people play? If I'm going to go to jail, I need to go to jail for something that I already got in my hand. I can't go to jail for some money I ain't never spent. So I'm going to jail. Why you in here? Because I killed somebody. What you get? Well, I was going to get $10,000. You not going to get it when you get out. So like for what? For nothing. Listen, do not do payment plans on murders, y'all. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't do layaways on murders. Just don't kill nobody. I'm Just don't kill nobody. So when she found Andrea, she's like, okay, listen, we going to make this happen. So she gets someone to buy her a uh, prepaid phone because she, she can't buy it. She's, she's, she's putting the wheels are in motion. She's like, I can't buy it because they might catch me on camera. So she gets someone else to buy the prepaid cell phone, a girl named Tammy. So Tammy gets the phone. She gives it to, you know, um, Dirty D. And then Dirty D is telling anybody who would listen that she's going to this wedding in Washington. So she's not going to be in Florida anymore. And she needs the folks to know why. She's going to this wedding. She's all excited about it. And um, she decides that she's going to leave her phone with Tammy. Okay. So she's, she, they go down here to, you know, Washington and they're supposed to be at this wedding, but Dirty D never makes it to the wedding. She ends up going to get the prepaid phone and she calls her mother-in-law. Once Peggy answers the phone, she lets Dirty D in because, I mean, why wouldn't she? She's her son's wife. She's the mother of her grandchildren. You know what I mean? She's been knowing this lady for years. And I'm just thinking, she don't, why, she has no reason not to trust her or to allow her in. But once inside, Peggy is leading the two women. And this is where the story gets tricky because Dirty D says that, um, Andrea did all the stuff, all the killing. What happened was that Peggy begged for her help, but Diana was like, no, I wasn't going to help her. Um, that was the extent of the role that I played. So she was making it like she was there and she watched it go down, but she didn't have anything to do with it. It, it was all, you know, Andrea it didn't have anything to do with her. It was all Benson. Now, Benson said, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
I was there and I agreed to take the money, but this heifer dirty Diana helped just as much as I did. As a matter of fact, she stabbed her. Like what you're not gonna do is promise me some money that I ain't never gonna get and then throw me under the bus and roll me over. But little did Dirty D know that it didn't matter if she told them she lifted a finger or if she told them that she just sat there and watched, she would soon find out that it didn't matter. As long as she was there and she played a role, she was going down. So after speaking with her lawyer, Dirty D decides to go to trial. But while she's in prison, she decides that she needs to get rid of the two people that are going to testify against her. And the two people are the person that purchased the prepaid cell phone. And then the person that had the cell phone, um, had Dirty D cell phone while she was pretending to be at the wedding. Now, these people were going to testify against her because they were looking at jail time. They were looking at being an accomplice to murder. So they were like, look, mm, you better get somebody else to do it because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell on you. And so Dirty D was like, oh, okay, I see what y'all did there. But instead of her being like, you know what, let me just go ahead and admit to what I did wrong. Let me go ahead and say I had something to do with my mother-in-law's murder. She decides that she's going to hire a hitman to kill the witnesses while she in jail. I'm just saying, y'all, I can't make this stuff up. So the first the first time you got caught, the second time you decide you're going to try it again. Uh, mm, so I, I just need need Dirty D to know that killing is not in the stars for her because then she got busted again because she wrote a letter to her brother in Jamaica telling him, hey, listen, I need you to do this. My life depends on it. Like, they have to go. Well, the letter was intercepted. And at this point, I guess Dirty D was like, okay, I'm tired. Enough is enough. And she decides that she is going to plead guilty. And she is sentenced to first degree well she she pleads guilty to first degree murder and first degree attempted tampering with the witness diana was 51 at the time of her sentencing she was sentenced to 23 years to life for murder and a concurrent um five to 15 years in prison for attempted tampering and which is so crazy because I didn't know what concurrent was until I started watching Law and Order. I, I kid you not. And then fun fact, um, I did I thought that I, I know that life is not really life um in prison because I looked it up. But I thought it was fifteen to twenty five years. That's what I thought it was. But then I just so happened to look it up just recently and I didn't know that in many states they can release a convict on parole after only a decade of being, you know, sentenced to life sentence. But in California, people sentenced to a life sentence can apply for parole after only seven years. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's why some of these shows, you know, that we be watching and some of these stories we be hearing... A lot of the women meet these men after they've been in jail for years. And then these men come out like, mm, I want a family now. 
<laughs> no, bro, you need someone a job. Like, for real, get your life together first. I mean, I know you've been in jail. You won't love. But show me that you... Tra- I mean, no, don't show me. I mean, but show society and the women <laughs> who want you. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying I'm too good for nobody in jail. I kid you not. I'm not. I'm just saying that you got to be built different to deal with somebody that 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 that's like that. You know what I mean? That been in jail for murder. You, you you got to be built different. You got to be built to sleep with one eye open. You got to be built with, you know, Jedi reflexes because you got to be able to hop up at the drop of a dime. Don't nobody got time for that. So, no, but, but even if that's the case, <laughs> even if that's the case, get your life together first. Show me that you you not just coming out of jail looking for a handout. You know what I mean? You coming out of jail looking for somebody to take care of you after the, the state didn't take care of you for all these years. No, no, absolutely not. And then you mad. You mad at the world because don't nobody want to give you nothing. I'm sorry you decided you wanted to kill everybody and their mom in the house and then set it on fire. No, I'm sorry they don't want to give you a job. They don't want to die either. Y'all listen, okay. Uh, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, and so, the crazy part about it is that James stands by his wife. That's what I thought was crazy. He was never charged, but I think maybe. He should be. Or he should have been. Like, bro, are you blind, deaf, or dumb? Uh, nothing wrong. I'm just saying, like, did you not hear it? Did you not see it? Could you not comprehend it? Which one is it? Because listen, or, 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 this was my other thing. Maybe he has something to do with it. That, this is my reasoning. Y'all heard me out. Because he stood by her side after all the evidence. Look, I wasn't even there. And I believe that she did it. Like, I do. I, I, hands down. I believe that she did it. Like, that... She, just too much added up. And then she pled guilty. Why Why would you even plead guilty if you didn't have a reason to plead guilty? So even after she went to jail, James stood by her side. So to me, either she's sitting on some Jamaican gold. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm saying brother was, it had him in a chokehold. Or either his loyal his loyalty was in exchange for her silence. You know what I mean? Like I'll stand by your side as long as you keep your mouth shut. Somebody got to be out here taking care of the kids. Somebody got to be out here making sure you got money on your books. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying I just tell the stories. I don't know all all the details. I just tell them. But what y'all think? Let me know. Let me know. Meet me at such a lady 30 on Instagram or meet me at such a lady on Facebook. Thank you guys. Our family, our toxic family is growing. It is. I am so proud of us. And I am because it's authentic. Like I've had people reach out like, do you want to pay for followers or do you want to? And I'm like, no, I I just want it to be authentic. I don't want to follow you and you follow me back just so that I can give you. No, if you don't, if you don't mess with such a lady, you don't mess with such a lady. Don't come over here fooling with us. 
we we do our own thing over here. So if you if you're not down with us, then you're not down with us. So I'm so excited that our family is growing and we're growing because of who we are and not because of who we're pretending to be. You know what I mean? So I just love it. It just makes my heart smile. I, listen. But if you were waiting on a sign to leave that toxic relationship, this is it. I'm telling you, you don't need to wait no more. You know, you feel it in your gut. You've been thinking about it. It's, listen, you've been praying about it. You know. And you don't need nobody else to give you permission to leave. You don't need anybody else's permission to tell you to be great. Did y'all know that? You don't need anybody else's permission to tell you to be great. When God said, let there be light, he was giving you permission to shine. But you cannot shine. You cannot shine if you keep letting somebody else dim your light all the time or put your light out. You can't. It's impossible. And you deserve more and you're worth more. But you got to you gotta want it for yourself. And so if that's what you want, you can always reach out to such a lady. Or if you don't feel comfortable, you can always reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Again, thank you guys for tuning in to Such a Lady. And I can't wait to meet you guys same time next week for our valentine's day toxic love story and to just have a a good time i'm for real i'm gonna do the drawings i'm gonna pull them um live it's just gonna be a good time for us to celebrate and just hang out as girls or guys you know i don't know do guys listen i'll never have no guys reach out i don't know is this some such a lady fellas out there i don't know if y'all out there hey y'all hey listen we don't discriminate we love all but uh, I won't lie. You know, I love my women. I I love where my girls at. From the front to back. Well, is you feeling that? Put one hand up. Can you repeat that? Okay. I'm trying to. Okay, never mind. I was fin- It don't take much, y'all. Listen, let me go. Because I'll just sit here and keep talking and talking and talking. Listen, y'all go be great on purpose. And I'll meet y'all back here next week. Same time. Same place. Love y'all.